Um, I, um, at school, I'm, I'm so introverted that I saw two girls that I work with and the bakery and I didn't say hi to either of them. Oh no. (laughs) But I walked behind one, slightly behind one, like four or five feet behind her for quite a while. And I wanted to speed up, but I, I mean, I wanted to say hi. I just didn't want to feel the obligation to talk, even though, you know, she's fun and we get along. I just, you know, (laughs) Yeah. I would have loved to say hi for literally two seconds and then say, see you next time, you know? I don't know. I feel like that's just so impolite, but I really do just want to, I don't know, you know? Yeah, I get it. No, I really do get it. Like, there's um, there's a classmate that I have that talked about how she had something on Twitter, and another one of my classmates was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally saw that, and... I, like, immediately went to go follow her on Twitter, and also immediately I was like, oh, P.S., I'm so introverted that I tweet, like, once every other day, because I find it exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. It's a tweet. I have, like, no obligation to follow up on any of that. Like, I don't even have an obligation to tweet to begin with. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, so... It's something that I know I should do mm-hmm. because of my social media like presence for my my media and culture class, but yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm ten times worse than you. I think the last time I posted was our Jurassic Park episode, but I have pictures ready um, for this episode um, that I want to. I mean, you know, I have a lot of dresses that I want to post on Instagram and like talk to people about some of the Oscar dresses, which. I just gave away our topic. <laughs> uh, well, I guess while we're at it, should we get to our episode? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Today we are talking about the Academy Awards, uh, aka the Oscars. They are the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, probably how we'll refer to them throughout the rest of the episode, just because Oscars is two syllables and Academy Awards is five. Word vomit. Oh. It's (laughs) awful. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. So I have to be honest uh, up front here. Okay. I almost ended up being just like this is a boogers and bad drivers episode i don't know why i thought the academy awards were so great we'll see how it goes (laughs) yeah no but i i ended up turning it into something a little bit better good yeah most of the things i have to say are um pretty positive mostly i'm just excited about like just the whole thing instead of who actually won although i yeah we'll talk about that too um but yeah 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 first things first when I was a kid, my favorite thing to watch the Academy Awards for was the fashion. <laughs> because, of course, like, a 10-year-old little girl isn't going to have watched, like, not even 90% of all of the movies that get nominated. Because, yeah. first of all, if they're not rated R, then second of all, they're boring. They're boring for a 10-year-old. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I didn't, get, I, I, don't, I didn't get into fashion for quite a while. I didn't really care about it. 
up until the last few years. Yeah, the fashion is fun. I always have a lot more. I feel like the um, celebrities have a lot more freedom with the dresses than they do with the tuxedos and stuff. But there are cool things happening to men's fashion as well Mm -hmm. um, that I wasn't expecting. And it's not just tuxedos made out of velvet, which I no, know. No, which is classy. Tried to be a thing for a while. <laughs> it's classy, but it's played out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what's his name? Chadwick Bozeman. It's Tux is the first option that comes up because it really was that cool. He has such a cool, he had such a cool Tux for the Oscars. I will tweet a picture of this because I was very impressed by this. It has a lot of super super minute detail so this coat the the jacket goes down to his knees right and then there's these super super fine details what are they i I, i'm i'm leaning away from the mic because i'm looking at my computer i can't tell if it's like if it's just like gems rhinestones right is it is it it looks kind of furry too (laughs) (laughs) embroidery applique like yeah i can't tell but it just it's really cool and no tie either. No tie. Right. It just is so sleek. That was my favorite. That was my favorite tux of the night. But I have a lot of favorite dresses. Yeah. Um. But let's look. Wait. I want to go back to. Oh, his shoes are awesome too. Oh um, my gosh. What dress do you remember the most when you were watching the Oscars when you were a little girl? What dress were you just like so impressed by? And you're like, I wish I could wear Sandra Bullock's dress. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first name that came to mind. <laughs> so my. My probably my first memory of dresses at the Oscars, um, at least the one that stood out to me, was Julia Roberts' dress when she won for Aaron Brockovich, because it was like super duper sleek. It had just like a little bit of detail around the neck, but it was just like simple. It was form fitting without being like like too tight on her. Yeah, you know, it's really pretty. Yeah, it and like it's not glittery it's not glitzy it's not like frilly or anything it's just elegant it's just like i looked at that and i was like oh that's what best actress winners are supposed to look like yeah just you know yeah just um not she doesn't really have to try very hard to kind of like steal a room you know right and a dress like that it's just kind of like she is able to speak for herself, you know, with her own. Yeah, I really like that. Do you remember what year? Apparently, this is this huge controversy about, I don't know who Bjork is, but I, I keep hearing her name and I don't know where <laughs> she applies, but she wore a swan dress and then someone yeah. like revived it a few years back or something like that. Uh-huh. This is the ugliest thing, but it's really kind of cool too because she like <laughs> laid an egg on the red carpet to complete the whole... <laughs> Yeah. Thing, you know, the thing that she was going for, the thing. Right. Yeah, it's it's silly, and it's definitely one of those things. It's like, yeah, okay, I can see where Lady Gaga got a lot of her inspiration from. Oh, like, okay, but Lady Gaga's, Lady Gaga's is really gross. At least the meat dress, that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, sure. But then there was, like, the year that she showed up to the, I think it was the Grammys, like, actually in an egg. Like, mm-hmm. she had a couple of men carry her Oh, the she carpet. was, okay, so she was the one that redid it? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't surprise me either. I don't, I don't know if she redid the swan dress, but she definitely does that thing where it's like, here's my gimmick. It's not just, you know, here's my dress. It's, mm-hmm. here's my gimmick. Sure. 
And yeah, the it is a lot of gimmicks. And yeah, I feel like it's getting progressively, I don't want to say gimmick ear, but I, you know, people are less about like, I really need to try to look elegant and pretty. And some people are trying to be like, I just want to wear pants to the Oscars like Emma Stone. (laughs) Right. It's just like, let, and that's not gimmicky. That's a statement, you know, but I, but people are starting to just, I don't know. I feel like people are really trying to experiment now, or maybe I'm just noticing that fashion is super experimental, which it probably always has been. I just haven't really cared up until now, you know? Right. But I mean, there have been trends over the years. Uh, there was a stretch, you know, in the eighties where a lot of best actress winners wore pant mm-hmm. suits yeah. or... Like, Emma Thompson wore a dress the year that she won for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it, it looks like a dress, but, like, you look a little closer and you're like, is that a crotch seam? Right. Because <laughs> were the pant legs, like, super billowy or yeah. something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's pretty great. And, yeah, she wasn't the only Best Actress winner to wear, uh-huh. essentially, pants to accept her award. But... <laughs> It's just some of the dresses are a little out there and some of them are really pretty. Totally. The other dress that I really, really liked that I remembered when I was younger was when Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball. Um, She wore this dress that had kind of like a wraparound pencil skirt sort of look to it. Um, But then it also had like a train and it was this dark red velvet. And then the top, the top was sheer and it has all of this floral applique over it. And I think that if it were done now, the designer would have gone for a lot less floral applique and it would have been a lot more obvious that the top was sheer. But since there was so much on it. Like it was really hard to tell. Totally. So it didn't, it doesn't look revealing, even though it is, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I really like this one. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to put this on my Instagram, possibly Julia Roberts. You'll have to remind me to find that picture again. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not as familiar with, cause you know, I didn't watch the Oscars or really care until like a few years ago. And I remember everyone remembers this cause it was Jennifer Lawrence's first Oscar too. And she tripped and right. it's that dress. It's that really, uh, I just, it's so simple, but it also, it's not simple, but you know, there's like tiny little detail on there, but it's not like, I don't know. It just, it just looked so good. I thought it was so beautiful. And the neckline was yeah. weird too. Cause instead of going down, like dipping down, it kind of curved up a little bit. Right, it was like really yeah. strange, but it was really, really pretty. Um, this year I noticed that there were a lot of really classic red dresses, which I've never really super been a fan of. Meryl Streep wore one, and uh, yeah, so there was the red dress theme, but the one, there's a lot of, like, glitter and sparkly stuff, too. Jennifer Lawrence wore a really sparkly one, and Gal Gadot did, too. Um, I really liked the, Mm -hmm. like, off-color peach and cream and really, really almost unnoticeably light pink dresses with the super fine lace details. Yeah. I think Emma Stone, not this last year, but the year before Mm -hmm. when she won for La La Land, I think she wore a dress that was a lot like what you're describing. Serge, the woman that starred in Lady Bird, she wore a really, really light pink one with a huge bow in the back. And then um, Nicole Kidman wore a bright blue, like form-fitting dress with this massive bow in the front. And her <laughs> waist looks so skinny in comparison. She she looks like inhumanly perfect. I don't, oh my gosh. That's Michael's yeah, celebrity but- crush, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, she 
she knows how to dress herself. She really does. Like, yeah. Nicole Kidman's one of those actresses that, like, I just don't really like. And, yeah, I, I understand that. You know, I, I don't have any, like, rational reason for it, but uh, I get it. She looks really good it's all like a the time. Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're talking a lot about fashions that came out in the last couple of decades but there are a couple of stories from before we were born that i actually really really like and i do want to bring them up cool uh my first favorite fashion story from the oscars was all the way back in the ninth annual academy awards actress louis rainier had won for best actress for Mm -hmm. the great Siegfeld in in the ninth annual academy awards and the year after, she was also nominated for her role in The Good Earth, but she didn't go to the awards because she thought there was no way that she would win two years in a row. <laughs> so she instead decided to stay home and just chill out. Wow. And s- <laughs> did she end up winning? She did. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That was just too good to be true. Uh, so she ended up having to throw on this... Um, like pink chiffon dress and it's mm-hmm. got like these really funky like billowy sleeves to them and she didn't even put on any makeup because she was told at 8 30 p.m that she had won and she needed to go accept her award <laughs> so yeah like in in some of the pictures of her accepting that award and like just being at the award ceremony afterwards like mm-hmm. she looks super duper tired <laughs> and her hair is just like kind of everywhere but she's wearing a really elegant dress Right. (laughs) That's pretty pretty funny. Um, And then in 1966, the Best Actress winner, Julie Christie, actually made her own dress. Oh, I love that. Can you imagine how boss that would be? Not only being nominated for Best Actress Mm -hmm. and like making your own dress for that award ceremony, but then winning. Just like going up and being like, (laughs) check it out. I'm the Best Actress. And I know how to yeah. sew. It's like, well, you know, they always ask, like, who they're wearing. And she could just be like, I'm wearing me. me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. I, I'm going to post all of these awesome pictures. I need to find that last one. But I I just, this is, like, one of my favorite parts. And I think that's the whole reason why they do the red carpet thing. Like, it's it's to talk and to talk about the movies and stuff. But it's really mostly for people to, like, show off, you know. Oh, how, long, how, how long they spent getting ready and, <laughs> you know, the direct products of that. And it's it's a lot of fun. I, I admit I always tune in for the red carpet and then I, with the Oscars, I come in and out of awards, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. But I do still pay attention to the awards because there is something special about rooting for your favorites. <laughs> and obviously this is something that I just, like, didn't really get into until I was, like, into my late teens. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, there's just, there's something about, like, knowing who's nominated and, like, being upset for the snubs, like, yeah, the the movies that didn't even get nominated for a single thing, right. and being upset when your favorites don't win, or being really happy when your favorites do win, and so... Yeah. Honestly, it kind of reminds me, it's like not really the same, but it kind of reminds me of the Olympics. It's just like everyone, not everyone gets excited about them, but the people that get excited about them, you can have like conversations with strangers about like anything for, you know, this, you know, for this award ceremony. And it's, it's really fun. It's like a party. Yeah. Yeah. So even though like it essentially doesn't 
even really mean anything because like this is this is kind of the boogers and bad drivers moment right like yeah it doesn't what does it mean what does it ultimately mean you to know? win an oscar and <laughs> why <Yeah>. does it matter <laughs> and yeah. like i i get it if one day i'm a big hollywood producer and i get nominated for best producer or you know best film and I win. I am 100% going to go and I'm going to look really, really pretty and I'm going to accept that award. But I think I'm mostly just going to like keep that statuette like on my coffee table just so I can like (laughs) pick it up and like poke people with it and be like, it's my Oscar. Look at this. Look what I got. (laughs) I got Oscar. His name's Oscar. You you want to touch it. Oscar. I would like to do that too. I I don't know how celebrities store their their statues. They probably most of them probably have like shelves or like a hearth or something. But I like your idea. I like <laughs> I wanted to ha- I want to have it close at hand because I'm going to be holding that thing and showing it showing it to people as often as I can. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Pass me the Oscar. I got to kill a bug. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds useful. Yeah, it does. Uh, if you were really quick, if you were to win an Oscar for something, which one, wh- what kind what Oscar would you like? Which one for what category? Uh, best picture. I mean, yeah. ultimately like, and this is a hundred percent serious. I'm going to school for communication so that I can produce entertainment content. Totally. And so 100% like it would be best picture and I would go up as the producer and accept that award. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I realistically, I'd probably have a really boring speech, but in my mind, I would just go up and be like, "Okay, thanks," and then <laughs> thanks just everyone. leave. Thanks. That's that's gonna be my Oscar speech. Is like, <laughs> I like it short and sweet. I like it. That's a good. I think. I think I'll see you winning. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be just like Key and Pill. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be Key <laughs> watching Peel win the Oscar, and it's going to be like, "That's my friend. <laughs> we were in it from the beginning." Our podcast yeah that was us and then i'm gonna come asking you for favors you know <laughs> How oh yeah absolutely <laughs> you are going to use me until i am just like sick of your face yeah well yeah. to be honest i'm just using your oscar to kill the spiders in my house <laughs> oh okay that's fair yeah <laughs> i'm gonna send you a text message one day and just be like hey did i loan you my oscar a while ago i can't remember where it went yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna search through it and find it in like you know a a box of like my old decorations or something. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I do have it. Sorry, it was getting pretty dusty. It is pretty gaudy. I didn't. Yeah, I had guests over. <laughs> uh, and I'll be like, oh, okay. Well, you want to meet up for lunch sometime, and you know you can bring that, and, and I'll you know take give it back. It back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh man. <laughs> and then I just imagine us sitting at like. Cafe Zupas with this Oscar statuette on the table. So we're just like eating our soup and salad. <laughs> Crushing croutons with it. <laughs> oh. Anyway, the whole point of this is that the Oscars mean nothing. And yet no. we still care. We still care so much. Yeah, it's fun. It's so, fun. It is. So kind of in that vein, I have a little bit of a game for you. Okay. Uh, you don't actually have to answer the questions. Like, you can attempt, but... Uh, oh, I'll like, answer them. Yeah. So we're going to play a game called Guess What Lost to an Apology Award. 
And an apology award is the award that is given mm. to someone because they have been nominated so many times or they have been a fan yeah. favorite for so many years that the Academy is just like, okay, you know what? Like, fine. Here. Here. Take it. Oh my we, gosh. Don't even, we don't even care what you're taking it for. Just take I love, it. <laughs> I love that you're doing this because I, I do have things to say about this. But let's play. Let's play. Okay. So, may it be sung by Enya for Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Lost 2... Okay, I remember. Yeah, I remember. So um, that was um, Return of the King, right? That uh, was... The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, shoot. That was Fellowship of the Ring. And that, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Can you give me a clue on the movie and I might have the song? It was a Disney Pixar film. You've Got a Friend in Me, Toy Story. Nope, that's a little too early. Okay, okay, okay. I can do this. Um, what would it have been? What came after Toy Story? Bugs Life? No. Mm-mm. No, that was before. Incredibles? No. Not Monsters. Shoot, am I just missing it? Like, just barely missing it? <laughs> you actually did say oh, it. Toy Story. Oh, I did? Um, yeah. Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. So, Randy <sighs> Newman wrote the song, If I Didn't oh! Have You, for Monsters, Inc. And may it be oh lost gosh. to that okay. song. And girl, I love Monsters, Inc., but that's... That's wrong, you know. Right. How, how many times had Randy Newman? I, I should know this because I did the I did the um, movie soundtracks episode. But how how many times had he been nominated before that? His uh, nomination to win ratio, and this is total. This is current. Mm-hmm. He has had twenty nominations and only two wins. <laughs> freaking ridiculous that really is upsetting too yeah, <laughs> sometimes may it so be upsetting on the shuffle in the bakery sometimes may it be comes on and it just like changes the mood of everything oh yeah everyone gets you know a little somber to be honest but oh, yeah yeah i don't know it's so really good song good. and yeah That's upsetting. And the song if i didn't have you comes on shuffle if we're listening to to disney and it's like this is fun but is it it's an Oscar winning fun. Right. It's it's goofy and so. no, yeah, that's ugh, that's upsetting. Okay. Uh question number two. Howl's Moving Castle was nominated for Best Animated Feature, but it did not win. Do you know what movie it lost to? Howl's Moving Castle? What year did that come out? That was probably oh oh probably oh six or oh seven. Okay, because honestly, I don't. Oh six, oh seven. I don't remember that movie at all. I'm, I'm guessing it was super fantastic, and it lost to probably another Pixar movie. No, so Howl's Moving Castle is a Studio Ghibli film. Oh, and of course. Yeah, it's super fantastical, like you said. It's about a girl that gets cursed by a witch to be an old woman. <laughs> And so she seeks out this wizard named Howl, who lives in a, I mean, it's called a castle, but it looks like a junkyard on feet that Mm -hmm. moves around. And it's just kind of about their fun adventures. (laughs) It lost to Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Oh my gosh. I can't watch those movies. How did that win? Why did it win? What was the explanation? So my guess is that it's an apology award in that um, the Wallace and Gromit shorts, I think, are really, really good. Mm -hmm. I really like them a lot. But 
the feature length movie was just not that great. And so I think that what it was, was the Academy was like, well, we can't award for these shorts that have been out for, you know, years now, but we can give you an award for this most recent effort. It just, I like, I've had no desire to rewatch Curse of the Were-Rabbit, but I own Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, I'm sure it was a lot more special to a lot more people than Wallace and Gromit. So 2015 was also kind of weird for animated films. Uh The nominees included How to Train Your Dragon 2, Song of the Sea, The Tale of the Princess Kaguya, and The Box Trolls. Those all lost to Disney's Big Hero 6. Okay, okay, okay. Real talk, though. (laughs) That was an awesome movie. Yeah, and, and that's why I say it's kind of a weird year for animated films because like all of those movies are high quality excellent films yeah um song of the sea is i think extremely underrated and i know a lot of people haven't seen it because it is it it is an irish film i think right and it's 2d animated and it has a very distinct animation style to it where there's a lot of like geometric patterns that are Mm -hmm. used as the textures for like rocks and plants rather than like here's a leaf it's more like no here's a bush that has like a thousand squiggles in it right (laughs) and it has a very watercolor look to it as well it's a beautiful beautiful film and the story is really really sweet it's about a boy and his little sister that are trying to figure out like where her place in the world is Mm -hmm. wow that's yeah i mean that doesn't seem right big hero six was really good um and has one of my cartoon crushes. In fact, I don't think we talked about that. I remember we we talked about our cartoon crushes from Saturday morning cartoons, (laughs) but the brother, what's his name? The older Uh, brother at the beginning of Big Hero's. Oh, Tanach. Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) I loved him and it sucked. Um, I won't say anything, but you know, it's been like five years, but spoilers. (laughs) He dies. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um... So I um, have been reading, I have not seen um, the winner this year, uh, The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. The, also, the Oscar um, director, Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. um, also won for Best Director. And mm-hmm. I can't say that I don't think he deserved it because I did not see that movie. But I have been reading some things that say that was an apology award because of all the other directors that were up as well. But also mm-hmm. that Guillermo del Toro has been nominated a few times and it's it's he probably should have won for something else rather than this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that I mean, I mean that Michael says me. Yeah, Michael says he thinks he didn't see Shape of Water either, but he says that he thinks he should have won for Pan's no, not Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's wait, yes. no, yes, Labyrinth. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. He says he should have won for that. And I haven't seen that either, but I hear it's spooky. Yeah, it is. It's really, really good. There is a couple of parts where, like, I just had to kind of look away because it's really, really cringy. But totally. it's not the fantasy elements to it. It's some of the more realistic elements to it that are like, Ugh, no. Oh, I'm <laughs> <But> interested. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's really good. I have it if you want to borrow it. <gasps> totally. Yes, please. Okay. Guess what I just ordered? Guess what Blu-ray I just ordered on Amazon? Is it Get Out? No, but I... Oh, we need to own that. Like, we... That... That we need to get that on Blu-ray. No, I got Fantasia 2000 because Michael's never seen it. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he is in for a treat. I know. Doesn't that blow your mind though? Like it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful movie, awesome music, 
Oh my gosh, I'm just so excited. Yes, I, that's what. Yes. I, <laughs> okay, so I have one last uh, apology award okay. question for you. Um, Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, Michael Fassbender, yeah. and Eddie Redmayne all lost to who? Leonardo DiCaprio. This is yeah, that's the one. Yep, that's the biggest one. I don't. To be honest, The Revenant was was the only movie of those that I saw. Mm-hmm. But it is another one of those things, like, if Leo was going to win, it should have probably been for, like, I don't know, The Aviator or yeah, maybe not The Aviator, else. but something else. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I kind of looked at the list of nominees, and it's kind of hard to be like, well, it's an apology award. You kind of ha- can't help but wonder if maybe they nominated not all of the best actors from that year just so that it was kind of a gimme to be honest i remember seeing the revenant and i was not impressed by leonardo caprio he was he was good and he you know whatever but it was um oh jeez tom tom hardy jeez he stole the show and i can't even i can't remember if he was nominated at all for that maybe it was just like a bad poor judgment year for oscars yeah it's hard to say like maybe it was a setup maybe it wasn't maybe it really was just a bad year but like it really kind of was i'm looking at this right now it was a weak year force awakens came out that year though so that was exciting fun yeah oh also actually i have one more that was kind of uh buried under here that's the last one okay okay so Hans Zimmer actually lost the year that he was nominated for the Interstellar soundtrack. Do you know who he lost to? Um, I remember... Can you give me the composer's name and I'll guess the movie maybe? Or vice versa? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, it was Alexander de Pla for... For The Ground Budapest that's Hotel. That's right. I just watched that movie. Mm-hmm. He was actually also nominated for the Imitation Game that year. And, like, don't get me wrong, they were really, really good soundtracks. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Interstellar soundtrack is really, really oh, good. Michael plays like, that really at good. least once a week. He played it every day for quite a few weeks, every morning when he started working. But he plays it at least once a week now. And it is, in such a weird way, like, kind of hype up music like it gets me so excited to like it's 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 really inspirational music and you know we you and I have our weird stuff with Hans Zimmer but that soundtrack was out of this world like almost literally yeah yeah and like I know I give Hans Zimmer a really hard time but he's actually done some scores that I really actually liked and i'm just a little teeny tiny bit bummed that he hasn't won more than one award yeah because that's it he's only ever won one right and that's weird because he i think he's probably the second name that comes up to people's minds when they're trying to name movie composers he's huge Mm -hmm. yeah um he he's been nominated for gladiator which, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that you and I have our issues right, with that, but uh, he was also nominated for Inception mm-hmm. and, again, Interstellar. He was nominated for the 2010 Sherlock Holmes oh soundtrack. Oh my gosh, I loved that soundtrack. That's one mm-hmm. of my, that's one of the most memorable, f- I remember, like, one of the first soundtracks that really got me into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, so, like, again, I give him a hard time, but, like... The man knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah, I think he does. 
it's it's mostly the whole like Pirates of the Caribbean using the same like yeah I kind of got hung up on that because if he's that good why would he do that you know I mean why wouldn't you just come up with something different I don't know maybe he maybe he had a deadline or something you know Maybe, maybe he was really miffed that he didn't win for Gladiator and like, was like, I'll well, shove it at you again. Let me try again. <laughs> you like me now? No, no, stop no, it. No, Hans, we don't. Um, so as it turns out, Tom Hardy did not win Best Supporting Actor that year either, which seems, you Aww, know, Leo boo. won out of those two and that's just really upsetting. I didn't see Bridge of Spies. Mark Rylance won over Tom Hardy. I didn't see that. So I can't really, can't really judge too much, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that does kind of bring me to my next point, which is the Academy Awards are starting to become harder and harder to care about. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I kind of look back at it. And I think that 2001 was probably the last year that I was like, really interested in all of the movies that were nominated. Right. I mean, not all of them, but majority that year, uh, Gladiator won for best mm-hmm. film because of course it did because it's a beautiful yeah. movie but the other nominees were um chocolat oh. crouching tiger hidden dragon aaron brockovich and traffic crouching tiger hidden dragon did win for best foreign film and so like it was a pretty good year just kind of evenly spread out there but yeah like it was a good year it had a lot of good movies i actually own three out of those five so mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a good indication of like, hey, here's movies that people actually care about. Right. I think it's kind of gone downhill since then. You know, I I feel the same way. It's just hard for me to say because I, I just, like you said, I, you, you were super into most of the movies, most of the majority of the movies that were going on. I mean, did you, mm-hmm. does that still mean that you saw all of them? Probably not. I mean, I... I am interested in most of the movies that were from a year ago and I still didn't see them. It's just the difference is this year, I j- I'm just not intrigued enough to go, like, see no. it. And, and some of them seem, like, not even advertised to me at all. Like, I, to be right. honest, I did not see one trailer for Shape of Water until, like, it was too late. That might have to do with me not going and seeing movies very often, but, like, I don't know. It just didn't, they didn't seem like a lot of... No, but I get it, though, because, like... Lady Bird, I don't think that there's oh been a, a showing in Utah except for the Broadway theater all the way up in Salt Lake. No, so I, like, I did find a place. I did find um, there were there were a few places to watch it um, after after a few weeks. You know, I think the mm-hmm. first I, as far as I know, I think it was released in just like select theaters. But I did watch it with my sister a few weeks after the fact at the AMC by um, the Neaters. By Riverwoods, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but right, I I didn't hear about that movie until it had been out for a while, and people were saying like Lady Bird is the most renowned movie, you know. Right. And, it, yeah. and I was just like, oh well, I'm out of the loop. And I did see it, and it was awesome, by the way. Yeah, and like it's just the, there's a lot of movies that get nominated that I actually don't even hear about until they get nominated, <laughs> and I think that's kind of an issue, right? You know, like I don't. Like I, I feel I, I feel like these are probably the movies that actors are watching other actors in. You know, it's like the really bougie, yeah, bougie select theaters kind of thing release, and you know, then it kind of le- it kind of bleeds out to the rest of the rest of the population. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then you don't hear about it until until it's nominated, and all 
the celebrities and fancy rich people that saw it are excited, but you're just like, why do I care about this? I had no idea it even existed until now. I don't even have time to right. catch up on it and see if I like it at all, you know? Yeah. I see what you're saying. It's weird. It's 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 getting weirdly exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like I am really genuinely glad that a science fiction movie won this year because guess how many other science fiction movies have ever won the Academy Award for Best Picture? Zero. It's zero. <laughs> zero. It is exciting. <laughs> it really is exciting. I think that I mean, you know, and then we have Get Out, who was which was a horror that I mean, you know, I I, I guess you could argue it's like a horror psychological film, but mm-hmm. um I mean horrors aren't nominated either and that was nominated this year. It is exciting. It's just like, besides those two, you know, the rest were, they just, I just, I didn't hear about them in time. Like the three yeah. billboards, is that what it's called? Uh-huh. I didn't hear about that in time to go see it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that actually kind of brings us to our next topic, at least for me. My next topic is, I really like statistics. Cool. That's good for you. Little- Fun facts of like the numbers involved with with the Academy Awards. Yeah, let's hear it. So uh, these are not super precise because I compiled these over the course of several days, just kind of in my free time. But out of all of the movies that have won for Best Picture, forty two of them have been dramas. Oh, jeez. Which I think really speaks volumes to just how snobby the academy oh yeah like let's just they're just no laughter no no fun scares just all drama (laughs) yeah and like there are some subcategories where like there's historical dramas there's about like eight or so historical dramas that have won Mm -hmm. um and then there's like romance dramas which are a little tiny bit lighter but still just like right (laughs) um five romantic comedies have actually won and I say romantic comedy, but not in the sense that we think of yeah, them now, but more like the classic romantic comedy. I see. Like um, old 50s kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not entirely doom and gloom, but it still doesn't kind of excuse the fact that like seven war films have won. Yeah. <laughs> Most notably, um, Saving Private Ryan, I suppose. Actually, that is, I almost put that in the Apology Award, because guess what Saving Private Ryan lost to? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, And then, this was actually really interesting to me. Get Out is not only not the first, like, thriller movie to be nominated, but... There have actually been several thriller movies that have won for Best Picture before. Yeah, like what? Uh, So I counted three total. The first one was Rebecca, directed by Alfred Hitchcock in 1940. Ah. There's also The French Connection, directed by William Friedkin in 1971. And then most recently, The Silence of the Lambs in 1991. Oh my gosh. So it does... I mean, if if I cared about the winners this last year, mm-hmm. which it's really hard for me to care, right? Um, I probably would have been really upset that Get Out didn't win, just like on principle, sure. Because you know it would be really great to have a you know black director and writer win for a 
movie that is about right. being black, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that was another thing, too. I feel like I can't remember what else was for screenplay, but it's confusing to me that he would get best screenplay and maybe not best picture. And I think they mm-hmm. I think they went with best picture, you know, for their own reasons. And then they said, but we really like Jordan Peele really was a really important nominee, you know, yeah. and I mean, I think there's probably some discussion or there's some disagreement on whether or not that should constitute a win, you know. But in reality, mm-hmm. past the social like impact and you know how topical it was, I really do think it was just an awesome movie. Like that, yeah. I don't know. I I think it should have won. I just think it was one of the most like sophisticated horror films I've seen in probably ever. Yeah, and I think there is definitely something to be said about a genre film that is sophisticated i think that's a really good word to use is there was no like splash gore or cheap jumps there were it's just high quality scare like the the scare that stays with you after the movie which is what i'm looking for you know yeah yeah absolutely so like again going back to kind of the numbers of things that have won throughout the years uh only four movies that even approach comedy have have won (laughs) Um, and even then, like, you have to kind of use the term liberally, like, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, one. that is not a comedy. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, okay. Like, well, it's a black comedy, I guess. Like, I love has that movie elements to it. That, but like, yeah, like I said, you kind of have to use the term liberally. Can I just say, um, I have a few favorite scenes in movies. One is from Shawshank Redemption, because, you know, everybody freaking loves that movie. And then sure. another is from um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, when the um, Nurse Ratchet keeps turning the baseball game off, and all mm-hmm. they want to do is watch baseball, and um, I can't remember what the main character's name is, but Jack Nicholson is pretending to watch. I-, I don't know. It's so tender. It sounds stupid when I describe it, but he's pretending that baseball's on the TV, and he, you know he's cheering, and all of them are cheering around them, and it's just like so weird because there's nothing on the TV, but they're all... It's just... It's so tender. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, I don't know, it it's just kind of weird the way that the Academy, like, leans towards certain things. Mm-hmm. What were the other comedies, the close two comedies? I'm super curious. Um, Terms of Endearment in 1983. Oh, I don't know that one. Rain Man in 1988. Huh. okay. And Driving Miss Daisy in 1989. Yeah, they're all kind of dark comedies, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose a comedy can't be taken seriously unless it has, like, an element of, you know... This is great and funny, but this is, you know, this is real life. This, you know, we, we laugh because what else are we going to do? <laughs> kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. And, oh, actually, there are a couple of adventure comedies that have won, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that was back in a era when... When those movies were pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Actually good. So, like, Around the World in 80 Days, which was released in 1956, yeah. and Tom Jones, which was released in 1963, like... It's literally been over 50 yeah. years since a comedy has been nominated. I don't know. I think it's because directors and writers are able to, they're able to be a little bit more serious. I don't know. They don't have to impress with like flashy things, which maybe that was a big, that's why those movies were so important because it was just like, look at what we accomplished without, you know, access to special effects or anything like that. But I think I, it just got to the point where directors could afford to be a little bit more serious about it. Um, has any fantasy won? Yes. We've had one fantasy win ever. And it was in 2004. 
and it was for Lord, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Well, that's so worthy too. That's that's. I yeah. don't think there was anyone contesting that. What else was up that year? Honestly, it's kind of hard to say because that movie won all eleven awards that it was <gasps> nominated for. Oh my so. gosh! Are you serious? I remember this. That was such yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Like, it was a clean sweep for them, and, I mean, 11 nominations. That's out of control. Okay, I'm going to read these off just really, really quick. Best Picture, Best Director, um, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, Best Sound Mixing, (laughs) this is awesome, Best Art Direction, Best Makeup, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Visual Effects. (laughs) Um, And contenders were Seabiscuit. Uh, Mystic River, World, Master and Commander, and Lost in Translation. Yeah, I don't know what any of those are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I actually, I have seen a lot of those movies. Uh, Lost in Translation was just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I saw Seabiscuit and I was not impressed. Yeah. I do really like Master and Commander. I think that one's really, really good. But, um... I'm okay with it having lost oh, yeah. Yeah, a fantasy movie because at least it set a precedent. Sure. It's one that hasn't been followed up. No, on, well, I mean, but. and that's, I'm fine with that because I think no other fantasy movie since then has been quite like that. You know, it's like fantasy can yeah. win, but you have to be of this quality. And, you know, it, right. uh, people expect better quality as time goes on. So I think, I don't know, I think it, it, it's big shoes to fill, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the jokes that a lot of, the people who are at the Academy Awards, uh, in particular the hosts, like to bring up is the fact that Meryl Streep seems to get nominated every single year. Yeah. And so I looked up to see, like, some of the people who have been nominated the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting fact, despite the fact that Meryl Streep has 21 nominations, she's actually only had three wins. Yeah, proportionally, Yeah. She's got the quantity, but she doesn't have the quality. No, I didn't say that. I love Meryl Streep. I mean, I feel like I just, I feel like I just said blas. I just feel like I blasphemed her. Blasphemy, blasphemy. Um, I feel like Meryl Streep. You know how it's kind of like a trend and a joke to dislike Nickelback. You know, I feel right. like it's kind of a trend and a joke to just know that Meryl Streep is an awesome actress. Even though I yeah. can name like, I got to be honest, I can name like three movies she's in. I know she's super important. Right, but yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, so is there's a there's yeah. a joke about her being nominated so many times? Yeah, a couple of years ago, and I don't remember who the host was, but he was essentially like, you know, it's essentially California law that uh, Meryl Streep get nominated yeah. for something <laughs> that she did that year. I like that. Uh, but she actually does not have the um, most disproportionate ratio tom hanks um actually tom hanks has only ever had five nominations that's wrong and and two wins okay so i mean at least he okay all right yeah so it's a little bit more proportional and i mm, i should probably have verified this beforehand but i'm pretty sure he got a lifetime achievement award as well like a couple of years ago jack nicholson has actually had 12 nominations and three wins Hmm. so like, if you want to talk about actors that have had a lot of nominations, yeah. um, he's up there. He's he's up there. Obviously, not as high as Meryl Streep, but right. when we're talking about actresses and all of that stuff, 
Leonardo DiCaprio, this is this is the thing that kind of makes me laugh kind of bitterly mm-hmm. out of the irony of mm-hmm. it. Like, I get that a lot of people are like, oh, he was snubbed for so long and he keeps getting nominated. That's another joke. He doesn't yeah. get any wins. But, like, he's only ever had six nominations. Right. It's not like it's... <sighs> I think he's so I think he's so high profile so people notice more. And you know how mm. you know how memes get like once it gets rolling like everyone's just in on it and even though they don't know why. But yeah, <laughs> realistically yeah. he didn't have that many nominations compared to other actors. <laughs> right. So, whatever. The internet thinks it's funny. I think the internet's funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like the jokes. Do you want to take a guess at how many nominations John Williams has had? Oh, shoot. I should know this because I did an episode on this. I want to say something like 16. Uh Uh-uh. Higher? Higher. 21. Higher. 26. Higher. Shoot. I almost swore. Um, (laughs) 33. Higher. 40. Higher. 56. Okay, you went past it. 51. Yeah. That's out of control. 51 nominations. Okay, and so I gotta be honest. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, my thoughts just clicked into place. So, you know how you and I feel about um, John Williams? We like him. He's not our favorite, but you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. He he makes good stuff that a lot of people like, and he's impressive. He's super impressive every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I just realized that he's like the equivalent of... Stephen King, who oh turns out, who turns out all these novels like really concerningly fast, <laughs> yeah. and a few of them are awesome, and most of them are you know all right. Like people read them and they like them, but uh-huh. it's like it's the whole like quantity. It's just the whole quantity over quality thing. Like yeah, eventually you're gonna strike gold, I guess, if you're writing that much or if you're composing that much music. But I mean, <laughs> how how awesome can it actually be if you're if it's just it's you know, where's the time for inspiration and stuff? I don't know. And maybe right. they're just of, I don't know, maybe they're just more autistic and creative than me. Maybe I just really don't know what I'm talking about. But that's what that made me think of. Like, I think Stephen King has something like, I don't know, 45 books or something. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's way higher more. than that. Even. Yeah. 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 And like, I, you're absolutely right, I think, where... Like, he does strike gold every once in a while. John Williams does. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has had five wins, but that means that his ratio of, you know, nominations to wins is... Yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah. It's the same as Randy Newman, actually, where it's about, you know, 10% wins. Right. You know what... (laughs) (laughs) You know what we're not considering, though, is, like, these are people that were nominated in the first place, you know? I mean, there are composers that are probably snubbed every year that should have been nominated, you know? Oh, and yeah. their ratio is even worse. Right. I feel like a lot of it has to do with just, you know, exposure, luck, maybe the type of movie it's in for those obscure awards. Like, you know, you could do awesome special effects for a movie that doesn't gain a lot of popularity and you should have won, but not enough people, you know, knew about it to even nominate it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So... We always think of the Academy Awards as being something that's, like, really glitzy, and I think that describing it as bougie earlier was really good on your part, because it really is. Yeah. Bougie. (laughs) Um, So it just, it it makes me feel like an immense 
amount of schadenfreude whenever I hear that something goes wrong or like things don't go the way that the Academy wants them to. So really quick, I know this is like the fourth time I've asked you, but for the sake of our readers, could you define schadenfreude? (laughs) (laughs) It's so schadenfreude is the feeling of like satisfaction that you get when misfortune befalls someone else. I see. So it's like, it's a really selfish feeling to have, but sure, it's okay. one that everybody experiences. So yeah, for I sure. I think as long as we can be open about that, like everybody yeah. really likes it when misfortune be befalls someone else. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about people who are like more well off than you or more successful and like, yeah. oh no. Oh, one so, something. <laughs> 1999 in particular, I I love because it was kind of a clown fiesta when it came to like the mailing and delivering of everything. Uh huh. So first of all, there were about four thousand ballots that were mailed out to Academy members that went missing that year. Four thousand. Not four. Not four hundred. Four thousand. Um. Did they get turned in by like other people, and then the Academy? not like members said that they never got them or something or did they just not vote that year so they were able to vote that year a thousand of them were found at a usps distribution center but like the other three thousand are just like i don't (laughs) they're somewhere that's (laughs) weird probably like buried underneath a dump since that was you know almost 20 years ago yeah they did extend the voting deadline by two days so you know nice of them yeah, that was nice. And then, <laughs> sorry, you okay? <laughs> and then there were fifty-five Oscar statuettes that were stolen from a roadway express truck <laughs> that year as well. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> um, fifty-two of them were discovered in a trash bin at a Food for Less supermarket (laughs) located in the Koreatown neighborhood of Los Angeles. Right. Man, they gotta treat... These Oscars are important. They mean something. They need to treat these ballots with better respect. (laughs) Nope. Food for Less dump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you do the math, if only 52 of them were recovered and 55 went missing, there were still three out in the wild. Right. One of them was found three years later. During a drug bust in a mansion in Miami, Florida, and the other two are still missing. That's so random. That's so funny. Oh, I bet the people just... that either accidentally got them or found them have either like saved them and realized what they were and been like, this is pretty cool, you know, like it's a cool talking piece. Well, what do you want to bet that there's like one of them just sitting in a thrift store somewhere because like of course it's not real. Why would it be real? Right. But it's, it's it's something that people would spend a few bucks on, you know? Yeah. Like, just a funny, oh, look at this replica of an Oscar statue. Oh, wow. This has got some heft to it. Like, that's really nice replica. Right. <laughs> oh, so it's just, man, it just, it tickles me. Right. Uh, another kind of notable moment, and this is... Like, this has more to do with kind of the history of of controversy, I guess, in the Oscars. Uh, Marlon Brando was nominated for his role in The Godfather, and he won that year for Best mm-hmm. Actor. Um, but he didn't go. He decided to boycott the uh, Academy Awards that year. Hey, that happened. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I thought it was a recent thing. 
Uh, no, that was uh, 1973. <laughs> he instead sent Sachin Littlefeather um, in protest to decline the award. Oh, I remember for mm-hmm. um, for like violence against Native Americans. Yeah, or something. Oh my gosh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Sorry, so, I like stole your thunder. No, it's totally fine. It like I'm glad that you remember that because that was kind of a really big deal. Oh, big effing deal, if I might mm-hmm. say so. <laughs> yeah, I mean to not only like not go in protest, but to decline the award. Oh yeah. Holy cow. That's honestly that's like a power move too. Like who just doesn't ex- like accept this prestigious award? You know, Marlon Brando. He's a you know. He's like, he's got integrity, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And for The Godfather, too. I mean, like, a memorable movie, a memorable role. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, nah, this is more important. Jeez, that's so cool. I know, right? <laughs> I have so much respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a few other controversies, but they end up being kind of boring because you're like, ooh, controversy at the Academy Awards. But most of them right. have to do with, like, uh, we think you plagiarized this, or right. uh, this is too similar to something else, and so or, you nominations know, uh, are revoked. But I called the wrong movie out for you know best picture, whatever. <laughs> right, and some. I mean, most of them just end up being kind of amusing, right? You know, like I, I suppose that's not really a controversy. It's just like a funny thing. But you're, I, you know, I didn't know that there were people that were accused of plagiarizing. Yeah, and like I said, like. Uh, like, on the surface, it's like, oh, no, tell me more. But, like, that's literally all it is. Yeah. Is yeah. that, you know, a, a movie score composer was accused of plagiarizing from an Italian film once. And oh. that was it. Cool. Um, so, I mean, we've been going at this for a while now. But there is one last thing that I kind of want to talk about right. um, that's kind of Oscar adjacent. Uh, and it is, like, one of the things that actually kind of keeps me interested in movies every year. Mm-hmm. And that is the silly Oscar counterpart, the Golden Raspberry Awards. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. I can't. <laughs> I used to be able to make it rise in intonation. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That kind of really raspberry? Good. Yeah. Okay. That kind of raspberry. <laughs> The Raspberries were informally started in 1981 in publicist John J.B. Wilson's living room. And it was just one of those things where, like, you know, he's hanging out with his friends and he's like, man, what if there was, like, the opposite of Academy Awards where we award really bad movies? So he decided to make it a formal event the next year and from there just kind of decided to hold it every year. And... Being a publicist, he actually had a really genius move for it. He was like, you know, let's hold it the night before the Oscars. We've got all of these journalists from across the nation. Some of them are traveling across the world to be here. They're already here. They're not doing anything the night before the Oscars. So let's hold these awards instead. (laughs) The Golden Raspberries celebrate the worst movies that were made that year. And... I really like the way that they go about it because it can be really easy to just be like, oh, here's this like college student movie that he made as his capstone project. And it's really right. Bad. Like there has to be some line, though. Right. Right. They don't do that. They instead yeah. go for like the really big budget films that just that... ended up sucking. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, do you remember Sharknado? I, I never if, watched it, but I don't yeah. think that counts as a big budget, but I think that would be worth uh-uh. like maybe 10 minutes of your time just to see how bad things can get. But yeah, that, that came to mind when we're talking about Razzies and I doubt it's even considered high budget, but anyway, no, it's not. And like, I think I couldn't find the official criteria for it online, but I know I read it somewhere where, um, basically it has to be produced by a big studio and it has mm-hmm. to be widely distributed and i don't think that sharknado counts for either of those no, since it no. was a, a made for tv movie I yeah think. people need to be familiar enough with it the award categories reflect the oscar categories pretty closely there's like worst picture worst director worst actor actress supporting mm-hmm. actor and actress whatever um but they kind of play calvin ball with some of the categories so they like have the category worst screen combo which doesn't necessarily have to refer to a romantic couple. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, a couple of years ago, Transformers The Last Night was nominated for any two robots or explosions. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, a few years ago, Johnny Depp was nominated for Mordecai, and the worst, like, combination was him and the mustache that... <laughs> he he wore in that movie and oh it is pretty bad (laughs) it was a pretty bad movie to begin with but like that mustache is just so why would johnny depp do a movie like this i mean it's got such a low rating i don't know i thought he was i don't know i thought he was pretty high quality yeah uh, Mm. eh, whatever um there's a category for worst sequel which as you can imagine was not a thing back in the early 90s but <laughs> as, as the movie industry has gone on to be obsessed with oh like sequels prequels remakes or spin-offs uh that have to become an award there's the barry l bumstead award which is a special award that is given to a film that cost a lot of money to make and lost a lot of money after the release <laughs> so it's just it's like I said, it's Calvin Ball. They yeah. they just kind of choose do what they the random, want according yeah yeah. They find categories. a bad movie and they ask what make it so bad and they give an award for it. <laughs> yeah, this year they did a Razzie nominee so awful that you loved it <laughs> category, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> what was it? What was in it? So this last year, uh, for worst picture, the nominees were the Emoji Movie, oh my God. Baywatch, oh my 50. God. Fifty Shades Darker. Not The Rock! (laughs) The Mummy. And Transformers The Last Night. Okay, you're right. Wow. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, they have to be, like, big movies. How must it feel? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. you have to, like... That's kind of a funny question, because there are some people that really take it in stride, and they're like... Yeah, this was pretty bad. So, as you can imagine, they do um, invite all of the nominees to the awards ceremony, but not many actually show up because they're like, why? You're just making fun of me. I don't Mm want to go to a place where you're just making fun of me. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of, like I said, really, like, good-natured people who participate anyway. Mm -hmm. My favorite being Sandra Bullock, because she was nominated and won the Razzie for Worst Actress one year for the movie All About Steve. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she showed up and she accepted the award. And then the next night at the Oscars, she won the award for Best Actress for The Blind Side. 
Wow. <laughs> That's a turnaround. I know, right? I don't even know what... I, I mean, I've heard of All About Steve, but it probably is a rom-com, right? Yeah, yeah, she plays kind of this, like, psycho chick that's obsessed with a guy named Steve. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of people suspect that it was one of those, like, movies that she was obligated to do because of some sort yeah. of writer in her contract. Yep, she needs to fulfill some obligations. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so funny. Like, again, I don't think she could have possibly planned it because, like, you don't know who's winning until the winners are announced. Uh-huh. But, like... That's a power move right there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. accept this award for worst actress and then turns around. I really like like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mad respect for Sandy and Marlon Brando. Mm -hmm. I also respect uh, Halle Berry because she won the Razzie for worst actress for Catwoman. Oh, she she picked that up in person, too. That's the leading role. (laughs) Also notable, and this will be the last thing that I say about the Razzies, mm-hmm. uh, Donald Trump has one. Oh, really? For um, Home Alone, probably, huh? No. Uh, That's the for... only movie I can think of him in. Yeah. He got it for Worst Supporting Actor as himself in Ghosts Can't Do It in 1990. Ghosts Can't Do It? I've never heard of that. What is that? I have no idea. <laughs> Should we, just... like, maybe watch it? <laughs> I just know that he won a Razzie for it, so I'm very, very satisfied with that. Ghost can't do it. Elderly Scott kills himself after a heart attack wrecks his body, but then comes back as a ghost and convinces his loving young hot wife, Kate, to pick and kill a young man in order for Scott to possess his body and be with her again. (laughs) It's got 2.3 stars out of 10. That's really morbid. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. That's awesome. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the images. Like, Donald Trump is, like, half of them. Yeah, exactly. He probably has such a minor role in it, but he's just... He's there because, you know, it's Donald. he's done... I mean, he does play himself, so... Yeah. (laughs) Like, Donald Trump as Donald Trump. Yeah, I guess those are his only roles in uh, any movie ever. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So that'll do it for us. As always, you can check us out on social media when, you know, we aren't publishing an episode. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Kittens and Kanye. And Instagram at Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. I'll be posting some of the dresses that we've talked about so you can see for yourself what we're excited about. <laughs> and until next time, I'm Audrey Stratton. I'm Carmen Thorley. And this has been Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. I'm going to go eat a banana. <laughs> 